Sorry to disappoint you. So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude. Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like. I make mistakes. Like, lots of mistakes. I'm just trying to do the best that I can do. I guess I'm just imperfectly human. Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Human Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Daly, and alongside with me, I have... Drumroll. <laughs> Dr. <Ta-da>. Johnson. <laughs> oh, so, so, before, you know what, before we get into anything, so last week yeah. was Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So... I've been asking you this over WhatsApp for 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 days now. Yeah, so, yeah so, what I what I ate. Yeah, give give me a breakdown, man. I want to imagine the plate. <laughs> <laughs> so we had turkey. Uh, we had, we had mm-hmm. uh, dressing, cranberry sauce, greens. Uh, do we have macaroni and cheese? Oh, you better have some macaroni and cheese. Yeah, yeah macaroni and cheese. We had uh, a coconut cake. That was oh, really man. Good. See. Uh, and then we had, what else did we have? Uh, I want to say we had something, something else. But yeah, the green, oh, potato salad. Mm. Uh, what else? I'm missing something. Did we have another pie? We have a sweet potato pie. Oh, oh, come on, come on, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> sweet potato pie. Yeah, sweet potato pie. Yeah. And usually my mom made the pecan pies, but she didn't make them. Oh man. Yeah, either between Thanksgiving and Christmas, she'll make them. Uh, but also, so one of my former students, uh Miss Ethel, so Miss Ethel is about. I ain't gonna tell her age, but she she's older, um, and she just started a tradition. So I, you know, I like to eat. So in my classes, we would have food at the end of the semester. Mm. So Miss Ethel made a pecan pie, but also made a chocolate pecan pie. And I'm telling you, you just you don't even know. So oh, she started man. in my class. So after my class, she she found out where my mom worked and all that kind of stuff. And so she kind of has a tradition where she cooks a pie for me and, and my mom or whatever every year for either Thanksgiving or Christmas. So she gonna cook, I think, one for Christmas. So either oh. she cook a pecan pie or a chocolate pecan pie. She's kind of switch and alternate. So she so Shout out Miss Elsa. God, God bless Miss Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so, so I, I had to, I had to have my own Thanksgiving meal. Yeah. So, so, what, so what do y'all do over over in England? We don't do nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Easter, then it's yeah. Christmas. Okay. So. Being the the all American that I am, <laughs> I, I I I think a few years ago I started to uh, have a because I'd be watching the game, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm like, 
okay, well, I'm going to start my own tradition. I'm going to, I'm going to do Thanksgiving too because I'm already watching all the American sports. I'm, I pretty much, most of my friends are from the States. I'm like, I'm just living, I'm just someone that was supposed to be from the States in the wrong continent. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, so he said, you know, let me just embrace, let me just embrace it all. So me and the kids, we started to do our own Thanksgiving meals. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this time we, we kind of mixing it up with trying to keep the Nigerian culture in there still. So we, we had the jollof rice, then we did some macaroni, mac and cheese, some vegan mac and cheese, that is. Then we did some like um, some beef strips, some vegan beef strips, and then we 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 cooked those up real good with some with all the peppers and potatoes, mm. and then had some greens. Then I did a sweet potato pie, and I was like, "Ooh, this is it's starting to feel like Thanksgiving." I was like, mm. mm-hmm. "So yeah, yeah." yeah. I, I had my little celebration, but I always like to know what yeah. what's going down. Yeah, now, now what it is now to what it used to be when I grew up is totally different. So when I was younger, we would literally, like at my grandmother's house, you know, you had like that buffet table that you kind of line up the food with. Yeah. So it would be food to cover the main dining, uh, dining oh, table. Oh, yeah. And then, and then the buffet would have Food. So it had like all the cakes and pie. Oh man. So like so yeah, so it used to be like turkey and ham and dressing and macaroni and cheese and black eyed peas and oh, all man. this stuff. Then you have like a coconut pie and a sweet potato pie and pecan pie and it's it red velvet cake. It, it just be like Oh man. Okay. <laughs> see, now you see if see if I go to school with you <laughs> Yeah, I would have been in your house every Thanksgiving. I would have been at Grandma's house every Thanksgiving. I, I would have oh, yeah. been, been like, yeah, 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 Grandma. I'm, I'm, I'm just one of your new grandchildren. You don't know about me, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look, and Granny get the best hugs too because that's one thing about it. People line up to have a have a, a hug from my grandmother because she's the only person. Like at her age, she literally would like grip you up and like lift you up. Oh wow! That's how she. So people just really they will come into town just to kind of be around this, so she they can get a hug from her. Oh man! Yeah, she. So I was I was around her this weekend. I mean, not this weekend, but over the holiday weekend, uh, and talking to her because we used to we used to have our little tradition. When I was still down there in Jackson, I used to go and get a fish plate. And we'll eat lunch together at mm. twelve. So, so I go. So I like, Granny, you ready to get your fish? Like, yeah, I'm ready. So I oh man! And we used to do that. So you, that should be our weekly thing we did. We just have some a fish plate and, and just sit down and eat and talk. So she, as much as I love to eat, she eat too. So, and um, for me, that's dope because I think that's one of the things that's missing from um, from this new generation. Mm-hmm. I think there's a the, the emphasis. There's such an emphasis that's being lost on that closeness with your family. And mm-hmm. I remember growing up, my house was the house to be because there was always food. 
Mm-hmm. My my mum always cooked like we were we were having fifty people around, even if it was just the the, the five of us. She'd just be like, she's cooking like there's fifty people coming. So if someone turned up, there was always food. There was always cakes. There was always just stuff. Like, I'm surprised I ain't a I ain't, I ain't a big boy. Because <laughs> I literally—that's yeah, why I had to work out. That's why yeah, I, had to work out. Uh, yeah. I was yeah. literally all I did was ate. I just ate food twenty four seven because that's just the ap- atmosphere, and that's kind of cultural. Even with my uh, my wife's mom, um, you get to her place and she's just like, "Oh, what you want to eat?" And she's bringing out the food. So. Both me and my wife have picked, we've got that same thing. Whenever anyone comes around, we're trying to feed them. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, hung- you hungry? <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, let me fix you a plate. So, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that's me. That's every- so I got specific houses that I go to that they know. They, they're like, hey, we cook. You want And they, and they know I'm going to come and eat. Like, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I like. Oh, you, you, you'll be good with us. There's always food here. Oh, 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 I, look, I, I know, I, I know, I know. Just as long as I got a place to take a nap after I eat, I'm fine. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, man, oh, man. We've we, we been talking about food. We ain't even shouting out the, the, the people. So let's shout out the, shout out to the YouTube um, subscribers. Shout out to the people yeah. listening on Transistor, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, wherever you are, we just want to shout you out and tell you we appreciate you. Ah, so, 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 today we... Oh, hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up. Okay, okay, okay. You know, we got got one more announcement before we get into it. So, next Monday, be there, be in the place. Crossover episode with uh, Imperfectly Human and I Progress. I'm telling you, it's going to be a great time. Uh... Because we all can talk individually, but putting all of us together, what a time, what a time. I'm just telling you now. It's going to be great. It's going to be live. Uh, And please bring somebody with you. Share with somebody. For real. For real. Because Um, definitely want to make that a big event because it is is a a first live for Imperfectly Human. Um, And we definitely want to bring that environment to the people, like I said, we can we can boost each other up. Yeah, yeah. It's coming in live, so yeah. So, so there's gonna be do some promo on um so on the Daily Perspective Network Facebook page. If you haven't checked it out, check it out and like it. Um, and then you know, sub- follow us and and connect. Um, so we'll do some promo on that. I'll be doing some promo on my Instagram. Um, yeah, we want as many people to get involved as possible. Uh, so yeah, yeah, definitely, it's coming. It's it's coming. And and the and the topic is be careful what you pray for. So man, I was I was <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier today. So I was like, I was getting ready for this for this. I was putting the stuff out, and I was you know setting up my station and. And my head went straight to that episode. I was like, ooh, be careful what you pray for. And then it started off just triggering some stuff. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have a good time with this one. I was Mm -hmm. like, 
going to have a real good time with this one. That's, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's going, uh, it's, yeah. Ever since, ever since the topic came down, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good time. It's, it's just going to be a good time. Yeah. That's all I can say. You just want to be there. That's all I can tell you. you yeah. Yeah. So today, what are we talking about today? We are talking about uh, against all odds. Against all odds. So, what does that mean? What does against all odds mean? So, I think this is something both Terence and I can definitely relate to, mm-hmm. um, and I think there might be a lot of people that can relate to this, or they. Um, they feel that this this resonates with their story. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not be there yet, but they feel like, man, why are the odds always against me? Why is everything always stacked up against me? Why is why does it feel like there's always this big battle that I got to push through? So, um, yeah. So, so if if just to kick it off for me. Um, I'm, I'm get I'm get straight into it with 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 a story because that that's just what I do. That's me. That's mm-hmm. I can't tell you something without giving you my personal perspective. Mm-hmm. So, um, so my story starts March 9th, nineteen eighty. Now, don't y'all be doing nothing dodgy with my date of birth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be signing no checks with my name on my date of birth. <laughs> but um, basically, I wasn't actually due to be born till April 9th, 1980. So, first things first, my life started a month earlier than it was supposed to, or my entrance into this world started a month earlier than it was supposed to. I went straight from the delivery room into an incubator because I wasn't strong enough and they weren't sure whether I was going to survive. Within the first few months of my life, I had, um, I had surgery. Then they found out that I had congenital scoliosis which meant they weren't sure how active I was going to be able to be. They had to run all kinds of tests on me. I was in and out of hospital pretty much all the time um, when I was young. So that was, that was the early part of my life. By my first birthday, uh, so coming up to my first birthday, my mum's oldest brother passed away. So it meant there was no celebration on my birthday because we were having a funeral. Years, years down the line, um, seven, I can't even remember how old I was. I was going to this, we'd moved, so we'd moved, we were living in Nigeria for a while. We moved back to the UK my brother and my mum sent my brother and I to the store. We were getting going back to the store. On the way there, I was running, acting a damn fool. Had the had the the bag over my shoulders. Um, 
So we, we, we've got like grocery bags here that they're, they're like these, they're plastic and they've got these little, they got little hook hoops and I was a skinny kid. So I could put my arms through and then it was like a parachute. So I was running, trying to catch the most wind <laughs> like you do. Um, and I didn't look where I was going and I ran out into the road and I was hit by a car. So, um, I was all, I was cut up, I was bruised. And um, I didn't tell my mum about that till I was maybe 17, 18. <laughs> she never knew that I got hit by a car. Me and my brother, I, I, I begged my brother to help me cover it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. Now, <laughs> we got to pause on that because you got to explain, well, where did you go after you got hit by the car? Because that's, that's what I was I went home. <laughs> I went home. I told my mom, I told my mom that I, that I ran into a lamppost. And that's how, and that's how, that, I cut, that was moving. That's, that's how I cut my eye. And when I fell over, when I, I, I grazed my arms and, and my, I know my brother was, was, well, my brother was probably scared because he was supposed to be looking after me. So he was probably thinking, oh, mom is going to kill me. So whatever this little dude wants to tell her, then that's what we're telling her. So, you know, I'm just thankful. And again, it comes back to this whole thing of, of what I'm talking about, that, but with the story, there are moments in my life where, um, and I don't want to draw out the whole thing, but I can give so many examples. I mean, I've had people pull knives on me. I've been in an armed robbery where um, me and my, and my siblings and my mom nearly lost our lives. There have been so many moments in my life that where my story could have come to an end. But against all odds... I'm still here. And those are the extreme stories. Then we have the stories of just surviving prejudice and systemic racism and people not believing that I was capable of achieving anything in terms of my education or in terms of uh, my career or, you know, everyone always bet against me. But no matter how much people bet against me, I realized that there was someone who always was for me. Now, my situation could have been very different because if I hadn't have come to know Christ, my outlook on the world might have been very different. I might have just thought, well, what is the point of trying? Because everything, the cards are stacked against me. The dealer has the better hand. I'm always being dealt the bad hand. I'm always coming up short. I'm always finding myself in a predicament. I'm always, man, I remember, I remember growing up, you know, my mom, my mom worked, she worked crazy. And this is why I always shout out I always shout at my mom, I always shout at my dad because 
before my my dad lived in Nigeria for a bit, for a bit longer than um, so we came back in eighty six. My dad didn't come back till I think eighty nine, eighty eight, eighty nine. So there was this period of time where it was just me, my brother, my sister, and my mom. And in that time, she worked whatever job she had to work to make sure we were okay. So there is something, you know, I have to give her props for how she hustled to look after her kids and to provide her kids. So I could just, just the weight of all of that, it kind of gave me, it built a level of resilience in me that we've survived so much. We've been there. We've been through not having anything. And I don't know, I don't even know how she did it because I know she didn't have much coming in, but birthdays, she still, we had presents, we had food on the table, we had a cake, we had a party. It was like, we didn't feel any different. But someone else looking in would have been like, oh, they ain't got squat. But I felt like I had the world. So it changed. So my perception or my perspective, my, my, mom, my mom and my dad never allowed my perspective of the world to be one of someone who was defeated or someone who was downtrodden. They always gave me that perspective that I was capable of anything and I could achieve anything. And then I ran with that. Now they had, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not painting this perfect picture because they had, their own, they had their own dreams for me, but their dreams aren't my dreams. And the, and the fact trying to please or trying to satisfy their dreams led me down a path that, were, that took me off my purpose. And that's not that, and that's not a slight against them. That's, that's the thing of parents will always do what they feel is best because they want the best for their children. But their idea of what success looked like wasn't the, isn't the same picture of what God's success in my life looks like. So that's, and that's where we are today. We're readjusting, we're, we're redirecting, we're repurposing, we're re refocusing that energy. We're getting back into alignment with our purpose. So that's kind of, that's kind of where, that's where kind of where my thing is. So when, for me, when I think about against all odds, I think about every single thing that's happened in my life that could have cut my life short or that should have had me in a position where I felt like I couldn't achieve anything. And those things have failed to hold me down because I've always had something or someone supporting me and keeping me lifted and keeping me encouraged. And obviously the most important one of that being my faith in, in God and, and knowing that he has a bigger calling on my life and a bigger purpose for me. So I done said a whole lot. Okay, so this is where I'm going with with, with my, my part. So we talked about food at the beginning. And so I wrote down ingredients. So you think about food, it takes ingredients to make the food be what it is in the final product. So 
whatever we go through in life are ingredients to what God is purposing us to be. Without those ingredients, we'll be bland. So, you know, you tasted some unseasoned food and you know what that tastes like. You're like, oh, I don't like that. That don't do nothing for me. I can't get full off that. But with the right ingredients, you're like, man, it's good. And then I'm full, so now I'm not hungry anymore. And that's what God provides through our struggle and pain. If we look at it, and you said it earlier, with the right perspective, the perspective keeps the ingredients purposeful. But if we don't know why we have these ingredients, then we'll start to say that, God, you don't know what you what you make. So then we'll say, like, I'm done with that and, and all that. And so for me, against all odds is living a life without excuses because that's kind of where I had to operate from. Just like with David, he was going through his his timeline and stuff like that. I'm not even going to attempt to try and go through mine because I'm telling you, I got I got enough to fill up about five episodes. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just telling you, tell you the truth. Oh, I, I, believe, I believe that. I believe that. That's, <laughs> why Why do you think I stopped at the age, age of six? Because I was like, oh, yeah. man, we're going to be here all day. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to roll through all that. But what I will say, well, I am going to tell a piece, but I'm going to tell my most current piece because I think that's the most relatable for right now. But um, it's it's not allowing the circumstances to dictate what your future will be because everybody has different situations and hardships and things of that nature. And, you know, struggles is how you put a framework around because yeah somebody could not have money and you cannot have money but your perspective of money might be different than theirs so for me you know I'm not gonna say I'm cheap I'm frugal so don't y'all get it mixed up on frugal amen uh, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not above uh you know going to you know a dollar store or the goodwill or salvation army or whatever store that it is and finding a deal i don't mind that i, I don't know the grocery stores over there y'all but it's stores like save a lot and stuff of that nature over here where you got pick five so you get like you can pick five different things for like twenty dollars like different you might get you know different types of meat or whatever like that about 15 20 dollars so i'm not above getting to pick five you know and, and making it work or making some uh, ham and, and you ain't got to explain nothing to me I, <laughs> wait, i'm gonna let you finish it i'm gonna tell you a story <laughs> okay all right so i'm not above any of that and i think that's what keeps you humble uh because especially if you want to help people, the people that you want to help are going to be in those certain circumstances and you have to be able to relate to that. So if you don't know what it is to not have your lights on or water cut off or things of that nature, you can't relate to people like that 
or if you even had a car repo or <laughs> something like that. Like, if you don't know that, that feeling, that experience, you can't talk about that. But if you've been through that, you're like, mm-hmm, I know what that feel like. I know how that is. Or, you know, look at your bills and like, man, I don't know. Okay, which one can I pay on? Not pay full, just pay on this one. Okay, I'm just... I'm just talking. I don't know if I'm on somebody's street. I'm just saying what I'm saying. But that's real life. And I think we we wait. We condition people to wait till everything is great to then thank God. So it's like, until he do it, then I got to wait on my praise. Oh, I'm waiting. Oh, I'm just waiting for the Lord to do it. He's gonna move in a miraculous way in my life. And oh, he I'm just waiting for him to, to show up and show out and all that kind of stuff. But what where he's showing up now? Even in the midst of what you're going through. And and so it it made me think about, and you said it too. So faith, faith is the the key to handling being against all odds because and it and i'm gonna I'm go into kind of what i read so everybody knows the scripture so i'm gonna read the scripture and then i'll read kind of what i wrote down and then i'll, I'll let david go after that uh let me go into my notes all right so hebrews 11 1 says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. So we've we've heard that scripture 50 million times. But if you really start to dissect the word choices, you'll see how, I'm not going to say how backwards, but how different that is, like what that scripture says. So you got faith, and then is the substance. So faith is something you can't see and substance is something that's tangible. Then you go to evidence, which is proof of things not seen, which you are aware of. So in order to have faith and having proof of things that you're not aware of, and that right there is like, that's how we get stuck because we want to have faith and see it. And we want to have faith and feel it all at the same time. And that's not faith. Faith is believing it because it's not there. Uh, you, you talking too good. I'm leaving the room. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, oh. Like, this this episode is all Terrence. I, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, t- t- I'm like, t- I, t- I told you, I told you it's so good now. I told I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, Terrence is talking good. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm just here to get ministered to today. Just like, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let, let, uh, let me let me let me continue on. Then let me continue on. So, so like I said, faith is intangible. Substance is tangible. So then I got the definition for substance. So it's the real physical matter of which a person or thing uh, consists in which has a tangible, solid presence. So 
faith requires me to believe in something that I cannot, that doesn't have a solid presence. But also, so then I go into the evidence. So the evidence is the available body of facts or information in dictating whether belief or proposition is true or valid. So the evidence is proof, but my evidence of is thing that I can't see. And so with seeing is be or become aware of something from observation or from a reading or other visual source. So the very proof that I need is outside of my awareness. So the whole thing, so that whole verse is contradiction after contradiction. So it's like it's supposed to cancel out in in a linear sense because it's like you have to do the opposite. Because we want to have faith in stuff we see. And so we have faith when God does it. But that's not faith. Faith is believing that it will happen. But it's and so then this is what kind of came to me too. So maybe we don't have what we want, not because we're not praying for it, is that we're not believing it before it happens. Our belief makes it happen. It may, that's why the faith is the substance. Our faith makes it tangible. But if we don't have faith, it can't be tangible. It can't be in manifest because like going back to the ingredients. We don't you know how to use the ingredients God has been placing around us. Because that's the that's the evidence. What we go through is the evidence. We just not aware of it. Let me I promised you a story. Okay. When me and my wife first got married, yeah. We were so broke Mm -hmm. to the point where we could afford we could just about afford to pay the to pay the mortgage pay the bills and get to work and then what we would do is we would get home and we would count all our loose change Mm -hmm. and whatever we could find we went to the we went to the grocery store and that's what we used to buy food so we were kind of buying meals a day at a time based on whatever loose change we could find. No one else in our families knew this was going on. Mm-hmm. This was just what we, that was our struggle. That was, so that's, that's just one example of a situation. Mm-hmm. I've got stories and there, there's stuff that not quite in a position to talk about, but there were experiences that I've had that I swear down, I don't know how I keep smiling. Mm -hmm. So like you said, until you've experienced those extremes, so it's funny, I've got this habit, the way I open up, um, open my letters now, so I get a letter and I slice it open and I, I look into, I don't take, I never take the letter out. I look like this. 
And that all started because I was so scared of opening my bills. And then it just became habit. So I still do it to this day. But that's when you, when you being in a situation where you're scared to open your bills, you know how to relate to someone that's struggling and going through stuff. Right. When you are looking for the, for the cheapest way to put clothes on your back, yep. you know how to talk to relate to someone that doesn't have much coming in and can't do much. Also, it, when, what happens is when you suddenly are in a position to, um, where, when God starts to move in your life and things change, yep. you, don't re- you don't mistake that the overflow, you re- you, here, here's what I'm trying to say. You realize that that overflow, that excess, that extra is not for you. Because God has already shown you how to survive because he's, he's shown you that he can provide what you need. Mm-hmm. So he wants us to stay in that lane that, look, don't, don't get carried away. Yeah, there are all these nice things that can distract you, but here is what you need. Mm-hmm. I've given you this extra so you can show my goodness to other people because there are other people out there that no one else is noticing. But because of what I've allowed you to go through and survive and come through the other side, you see these people and you have to be me in their lives. You have to represent me in their lives. You need to, to be that example. You need to live out your faith in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes back to, for me, when Jesus said to him, um, when you take care of the hungry, when you take care of, of, the, of, the, of the homeless and you do these things for me, mm-hmm. that's a part that we as Christians today miss so much of. And it's something that's in, um, in that blog post because, um, yeah, I, bl- I posted a blog, y'all. So, um, but that was something that was in that blog post that for me, it was so important that we don't realize that as Christians, we have been so caught up in idolatry because as Christians, we worship money. We worship the, we, we may not come out and, and think we're worshiping money, but when we go up there and we, and we assume that prosperity only means financial blessing, it means that we have put money on a pedestal. When we go up there and, and we are thanking God because we bought a Lamborghini or we bought a, a, a Benz or we bought a mansion, that means we've missed the point because we're, we're worshipping the gifts and not the giver of the gifts. It's, you're not going up there to worship. You're going up there to brag. Oh, oh, won't he do it? Yeah, of course he'll do it, but it's, it, that's not what he gave you the excess for. It's just you and your wife. Why do you need 12 bedrooms? It's, for me, it's, it's kind of like, let's, let's keep it, let's, let's distill it back to, to, let's bring it back to, to, to the root, to the core. What, what, 
And for me, this is when, when we're talking about this topic, it, it does really, I, I get really passionate about it because, man, the experiences that I've had in life let me know it's the reason why I wanted to do this podcast. It's the reason why the Daily Perspective Network exists. It's the reason why everything that the blog post and everything that I do exists because I have seen some things and I'm not about to keep these things to myself because that's not what it's for. So I just wanted to say that I'm going to let you get back because... because so I, I had to give the people a brief intermission because you said some stuff and they needed, they needed some time to digest it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was, no, it was good. Uh, so what I, and, and I did read the blog post, so I got some, I got some thoughts I'm going to get you after that. Uh, but so this is the other piece. Faith is the bridge that transports us into our purpose without it we can't make it to the other side so what comparison and what and what you said before when we create monuments of what we've done then we create things that can only uh, be representations but if we because we it's our proof so that's when we get the evidence wrong we feel like the cars and the houses and the degrees and stuff are our proof that faith works but that's not what it what it's for our faith is for things that people would never see uh and it's more behind the scenes now, the things that are manifestations of, you know, what God has provided for us, those are things that keep us in alignment to what he wants to do in us. Now, for some of us, we might have different levels of that. So we might, some of us might have bigger houses, smaller houses, or whatever like that. But the things that God provides should never override the gifting that God has instilled in us so i guess we're just like i guess we'll make room for it i guess would then provide things for us but those things that it provides are not the end goal that can be the distraction and that's what people want us to do because they praise what we got oh you got this car oh you got this house Oh, I can't be. Oh, you must got some money. Oh, you. And so then that becomes a whole persona about who we are without us even saying anything. And that's something that I like for me. Isn't is not that I do like nice things, but I'm not defined by the things that I have. So if I if I have the things, I'm fine. If I don't have them, I'm still fine. That doesn't make me. Uh, so I can go to Goodwill and get some clothes or I can go to the store and get some clothes. Either way, I'm still going, whatever I get, I'm going to make it look presentable. So you don't know where I got it from. And I don't mind telling you, I'll tell you, I got, yep, I got it from Goodwill. I ain't got no shame in that part. Like you can ask me how I got this by $20 on sale. 
I'm not gonna try and lie in front of people and just stunt. You're like, oh yeah, I'll pay five hundred dollars for what? I would never pay five hundred dollars for clothes for what? Why? <laughs> Why? That's a whole bill. I could have yeah, all kind of stuff with that. I'm gonna go to the sale rack. If it ain't there, then it ain't for me. And if it's not there, I'm gonna wait till it get there. So that's that, that just how I operate because. The stuff I spend money on, like money, money, they're investments. So if I can't get a return on my investment, why am I spending that much money? So things for the business, I will invest in because then that will pay off in the long run. So that's investment. I'll spend money in that area. But clothes and all the shoes and all, for what? For what? You go, <laughs> they going to wear, shoes going to wear out. Clothes gonna wear out. Then you might like it when you buy it. You get to the house, you got stuff that still got tags on it. For what? What is that? And that's what keeps us from being able to cross the bridge because we're trying to take too much stuff because we want to have faith in the stuff, and the stuff will get us across. And it's not. You know, to have faith, you have to let go of something to go forward. So I'm gonna go into my store. So this has kind of been my journey the last <laughs> about six months. Uh well no, I, I go about a year and a half. So I'll back up because this is all kind of included. So in the past year and a half, I have quit my full time job. Uh, I have went full time into uh, my business our progress. Um, I have moved recently, uh, so now I'm in the Nashville area, I'm in Gallatin now. Um, I ended a year-long relationship <laughs> with my girlfriend to come here. Uh, I was a, a deacon at a church, and I transitioned from that, um, family-wise, like my family's in Jackson, I left all of my family uh, around in that area. So it's really been a season of change, but a, a season of letting things go in order to obtain what God wants me to have. And that's something that I had, I, I've had conversations with a lot of people close to me. Where I'm at in, in this phase of my life is whatever uh, that I have to let go of, to get what God wants me to be, I'm willing to give it up. Point blank. <laughs> so if it's relationship, I will let it go. If it's car, money, job, whatever it is, I'm willing to let it go. Because whatever God has for me is going to be greater than the, my comfort. And sometimes we put a price tag on our comfort but the thing that God will provide will cover whatever we will have to let it go. And that's and it kind of goes back into something that I, I was kind of studying a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about doing an uh, episode, but surrender versus sacrifice. We always feel like we have to sacrifice for our purpose. But it's really us just surrendering it back to God. Because if it wasn't if it wasn't things that he already ordained for us, then we just surrendering it. 
is not a sacrifice. And some of us would just want to hold on to certain things. And God already knows. So he's like, if you just let it go, I got what you need. You don't want to let nothing go. You want everything to stay the same and then move. How are you going to do that? How are you going to change <laughs> and stay the same? It don't work like that. So you have to be willing. And so you have to be all in. And it's all in on yourself. And all in on yourself is meaning that you gonna you you have to welcome people questioning your motives and sometimes feeling like you don't know what you're doing because it's different than how you used to move. And so you're gonna get a lot of questions. Why are you doing that? Oh, can't you wait? How you gonna do that? And where the money gonna come from and all that? And so I literally came up here with nothing but a bag of my stuff and bounced around and I had friends that I kind of stayed with and whatever and it's just been transitions <laughs> well, I just was living out of my car and my bag just kind of bouncing around for a while but it it reset my relationship with God because I got away from all the distractions that was blocking what he was trying to tell me and how he wanted me to move going forward now was it easy no <laughs> <laughs> did, did I feel like I had made the wrong decision? Yeah, a lot of times. <laughs> you know, was it stressful and everything? Yes, it was all of that. But the end result, I have a lot more peace uh, than I've had in years because I'm at a point where I know I'm operating in, how, in the way that God wants me to. And, and also the people around me, they're also benefiting from it too because now my conversations with people are different and I go real deep with people real quick. And they're like, ooh, you throwing some stuff out here. <laughs> me today, I'm like, look, it's on me. I just got to say it. Look, it must be for you. I'm just going to have to just go say it. But and, but it's, it's, a, a, it's a more willing acceptance of the path that God has and it all started with faith because I and, and right even right now I still don't have all the evidence that I would want to continue to keep going but every time I get to those points then another door opens or an opp- another opportunity opens or a connection comes about or whatever so as long as I keep walking the path kind of then presents itself as I go. But I don't see the path as I walk it. As I walk it, the path becomes. <laughs> so I can't tell you where it's going to take me. I don't know. I, look, when, when I get there, you'll know. Uh, and then we'll, we'll get there at the same time. But it's a, it's a more authentic relationship with God knowing that I, I got to rely on God every day because I don't know how tomorrow going <laughs> to turn out. So it's a, it's a more, um, it's a more, um, it, it's an honest, it's an honest place of surrender, I guess. And just like, Lord, wherever you, well, you want to do like I'm, 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 I'm down for it. I, look, I ain't got no choice 
You know what? I kind of I kind of burn all the not burn, but I kind of I made it so I couldn't go backwards. So I gotta go forward because all those things that I was tied to is kind of been cut. So I can't do anything but keep moving forward. So so yeah. So I know David probably got some stuff now. So I'm gonna. Stop. Man, you don't get you saying a whole lot. <laughs> so I keep saying this, and I guess you people are going to have to keep tuning in until I'm in a position to share more about what things that are going on. But I can definitely relate to what you're saying about surrender versus sacrifice because we've had this conversation. I shot you a message you know, earlier, a few days ago saying, oh, what are we calling this one? Because God laid it on me that I was having conversations with you. I was having conversations with someone else. Mm-hmm. And there were all these projects that I want to work on. And, and I know they are, because they are all creative things that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. I don't know how any of them are going to make any kind of money. Mm-hmm. But I want to do them because they are a reflection of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so God, God said, to, so I had, I had it heavy on my heart that, oh, you're making all these plans, but you haven't committed these plans to me. Mm-hmm. So I sat down and I wrote down every single project and bullet and put bullet points underneath them. And then I said, and I sat with my wife and I said, okay, um, I've got our projects on here because we got some projects and stuff we want to do. And I was like, okay, we're going to start praying over these now. And we're going to commit these plans to the Lord because I don't know, excuse me, what we're going to have to let go of to get to where we're going. You know, some of the stuff that we've wanted to do in life involves us not being in the UK. But as long as you have a house, a mortgage, you're kind of anchored down to a point. And there's always been this fear of letting go of because the, the, the one thing people always say to you is, Oh, how are you going to let go of a, how are you going to go from being a homeowner to renting a house again? So there's this, and you kind of start, you're trapped in people's perception of what success is. Because when you buy a house, people think, Oh, you're successful. You've bought a house. Actually, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a millstone tied around my neck that's holding me down and won't let me go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So I've been wrestling with all these things and how I can strip myself of the things that are holding me bound because like you, we've all, we've had the discussion. I'm a free spirit. The way God created me, I'm not supposed to be tied down to one spot. It's not, it doesn't even feel natural for me. 
I've got a spirit of, of adventure that I, I want to travel and see things and experience different cultures and different societies and all these kind of things. So being trapped and anchored to a point doesn't even feel right. Then I have to also deal with the fact that internally God is realigning me back to a creative purpose. So everything that I knew as normal, because my normal became logic. And what does logic mean? Logic requires, it's, it's like Spock. It's like the Vulcans. The Vulcans operate from logic. So everything is black or white. There is no gray area. There's no room for emotion. There is no room for anything to deviate. And Mm -hmm. being a mathematician and and doing all of that stuff, I became very logic orientated. But that's not who I am. I'm, I'm an emotive person. So immediately what I did for a living was a conflict with who I am. So I've been kind of at this, with this constant pressure for the last 20 years of my life, pushing things, my purpose and my career, pushing against each other, seeing which one's going to give up first. Thank God it wasn't my purpose because now I'm in a position where I'm like, actually, I can let go of my career. I can let go of everything that's defined me. The scariest part of letting go is, is getting to the point where you got to, which was saying, actually, goodbye to everything. I, I'm, I'm just going sl- to cut the ropes and I'm just going to free fall and, let, and, and have faith that God is going to catch me and I'm not going to hit the ground. I heard Steve. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, you say that. You say that, and then I, I got. I got a response to that because I, okay. I want to give context to the. So it wasn't just a quick cut. But yeah. I, I, yeah. So oh, Steve, Steve Harvey said. I, I was listening to some, to something Steve Harvey posted a, a while back, mm-hmm. and he was talking about his start and, or what people say about um, his his journey to success in, in, in comedy. And he was talking about how he, was, he wasn't making it, he was broke, um, and he, he did one show and the little bit of money that he got from that show allowed him to go to New York, to then, which he went to, and then he told one joke, and that one joke suddenly... But that one joke may have never happened if he didn't take a step of faith. And there was something he said in that story where he said, at some point, you've got to jump off the mountain Mm -hmm. believing that you can fly, even though you can't see that you can. Mm -hmm. And and that's faith. You have to take that leap of faith. And there's something you said about your, you know, about where you're going. And it reminded me of um, Psalm 119 verse 105, which is your, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Mm-hmm. When, you would, when you take a step of faith, when you step out in faith, you don't need to see the whole path. Right. Because as you walk and as you stay connected to God and as you have faith in God, it's going to be like that scene in um, 
And here we go. I'm, I'm going back to my favorite stuff. It's going to be like that scene in Billy Jean where mm-hmm. um, Michael Jackson's walking down that path and every time he takes a step, the path oh, lights. Light up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, that's what it's like. Mm-hmm. Every time you take a step, God shines, he, his word shines a light on your feet. So you see where you're stepping and where you're going. But he doesn't need you to see too far ahead because if you see too far ahead, you're going to run off thinking that you know the way to go and you're going to come off track. So we have to have that trust that, okay, God, I I can't see. It's so dark in front of me. I can't see far enough. But I know that if I take a step, the light that I need to see that step is going to suddenly be there. So I'm going to take the step. Then I'm going to take the next step. So that's kind of, kind of um, what was coming to me. I'm going to let you say what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, Steve Harvey. So if you haven't read Jump by Steve Harvey, that book, uh, he talks a lot more about that. Uh, and that was one of the books I read that kind of led me into leaving my job. <laughs> so, so, so that was, yeah, so that was on my path too. Uh, but what I wanted to say is for kind of uh, like cutting the cords and kind of making that jump to people, it seemed like a very quick thing. But for me, it was a very methodical process that took a couple of years to kind of get to that point. So just like you, I was a homeowner. Uh, uh, and I bought my house when I was, I think like 26 or seven, I think. Uh, and I had to read. So a couple of episodes way back earlier when you were talking about rehabbing houses and stuff like that, I was like, mm-hmm, I, I did that too. <laughs> so I had to pretty much remodel my, my house uh, that I bought. But what I did about two years or so ago, I sold my house to my mom. So that was like the first step. So I was like, I'm going to sell the house, I'm going to get this new job, I'm going to get relocated. And that didn't happen. So like literally I sold the house and I was still in the same house because at one time my mom and my dad was staying with me uh, and then it was just my mom. So I ended up still being in the same family. It was just like, but yeah. I wasn't paying all the bills. <laughs> so, um, but that was my first, you know, decon- you know, I was uh, disconnecting from one anchor that had me. And so then the next one was was my job. And so then it took, I actually waited six months later than I should have with that one. But I eventually did that. The next one was church. And I had mm. given my all to service in, in our church. And I started to then teach people bits and pieces of what I was doing. Yeah. Everybody prepared. So really, the past like two years was me teaching people or releasing things or maneuvering things away from me just being in in control or being responsible for all of it. So even though, I mean, the last one was church. 
for me being a deacon and teaching Sunday school and being in the choir. You know, like I had a whole lot of responsibilities. And so I started to gradually fade back or kind of pull back from what I did. And so a lot of people, that's where they might be. They know it's thing that they need to let go of. They're like, man, right now, I, I, I can't do it right now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just start with what you can start with. So it's still going to be a process for most people, like especially if you got houses, you got, you know, it's going to look differently. But it's certain, it's a process that you can start that you can say, like, okay, by the end of the year, this is one thing I can do going into next year. Okay, these are my goals and things to transition from. And so then it won't be so overwhelming because when you're in this space, you want everything to be away from you right then. Like, look, I'm just going to blow all this stuff. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just, all this stuff can just go. And then I can be, I can go along my way. And that's not the way you want to do it because, and and you were saying too, being in a, in a place in, in work where you are kind of more analytical and logical instead of emotive and relational. So you got to understand everything that you have around you are relationships too. And you have to then create space for you to grieve the ending of those relationships because you're going to have to do that. That's going to be a piece that you're not going to factor in. You you know where you want to go, but that pulling away is going to cause an emotional response in you. And you need to have space to process that too. Because you'll, you'll do it too quickly and you get there and then you're most like, Oh, I ain't got nothing and nobody. And I just I'm saying by myself, Lord Jesus. You know what I'm well, so. and, and that's an interesting point because when I left, so again, and this is why I, I say I know who I am to a certain extent. I've always kind of known who I am. When I left, when I left, um, when I finished university, I took a job a hundred and something miles away from home. Now for most people in the U S a hundred and something miles, yeah, that's, that's no real big deal because mm-hmm. for, for in the UK, that's I'm moving from one. I basically moved from one city real far away from my, from my family. So there was no seeing my family every day. Mm-hmm. Now for me, that was adventure because especially by myself, I will move to anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to go anywhere. I'm a bit more hesitant now because of the kids and wanting to think about the kids' safety. But for me, I was like, I'll, I'll go anywhere. But when I moved, the first night, so my boys drove up with me and we unpacked, we unloaded the van and they took the van back. And I was like, all my stuff was in, in, in the, in the apartment mm-hmm. and, um, my boys were gone and, um, and they're like my brothers. So mm-hmm. it was like, my brothers were gone and, um, I went into the apartment and I sat down and I called my, my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time. I called her and said, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm all settled in or whatever. Put the phone down. And then I just started crying. 
<laughs> that was my natural response. I just started crying because I realized that I was in this new place all by myself. It, it, it then hit me yep. that, wait a minute, my relationships that I was so used to are not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So when you said that, I was like, no, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and this, so this is another thing I wanted to point out. Something you said earlier. So you were saying it was kind of like the creative part of you is the thing that you used to operate from. And then you got away from because of the work that you were doing is more mathematical, analytical, and logical. And this is something that kind of came to me. And I, I was talking to Jeffrey earlier. I was talking to Kendrick earlier too. And I was talking to them about it. So just like in both me and you that had this conversation before, being a creative, it's easy to be pulled away from that or to be discouraged from fully pursuing it because we live in a more practical, everyday black and white society where it's a lot of conformity and you just do as everybody else does or you conform to the norm. So what you were doing with your work was actually against your nature. And you learned to suppress that because the analytical and logical part was getting you paid. It was, it was, it was, it was keeping you comfortable. And so, yeah, it was keeping you real paid. And so you're like, mm, the crest of but this give me some money. So I'm cool with that. And for a while, it works. But the thing that you were really created to do keeps calling you back. And sometimes we'll get wrapped up. So that's when we create idols of what we do as far as work. Because if we worship our work, then we could drown out the call of the thing that we were really supposed to do. So as long as we're working all day long and going, 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 we can't hear that calling us. But when we start to slow down, it starts to amplify and amplify and get louder and louder. Like, I don't want to do this no more, but I don't know how I'm going to make money. And now I can't undo it because now I hear it more and more, more and it won't cut off. Right. And so, yeah. And so this is something I had to realize, even with me writing, uh, because I've written things all my life. I write all the time, but... I'm now getting to the phase of my life where I embrace myself as a writer. And this is the the difference. So most times what we do, we do things to become it. Not doing it because we are it. So let me explain it. Mm. So if with me writing if I'm writing to try and become it, it would then become something I do. But if I write because I understand that I am a writer, I'm doing it because that's who I am. So I'm writing from what I already have. So I'm just operating in my gift. So the same thing with being a creative. You don't learn to be a creative. You create because you are creative. And that comes from what you already got inside. 
So it's the same. It's like that's why we stressed out so much because we're trying to chase the thing, believing that the more we do it, that's when we'll become it. We already are it, whatever we want to be. We just operating from that gift. So just same thing for like business. We don't become entrepreneurs. We're entrepreneurs, and that's why we start businesses. Because <laughs> we already are it. And we got that that propensity or tendency to want to go and do that thing. And that's why. So when you look at it and operate from that standpoint, it's always an inside out instead of outside in. So it's not what we can do on the outside. Is how can I get my inside aligned to then do what I need to do outside? I will. So straight away, I'm going to give some some recent examples. That blog post that I just wrote. So if, if for people that are listening. Um, so my latest blog post on the daily perspective is called um, I'm tired. Of, I changed the title. It's called I'm tired of making lemonade. Mm-hmm. Um, and that post, and this is the thing with me, because I, I say it to you all the time. I haven't, I'm not writing. I'm not writing. I haven't done my 1500. The thing is, as soon as my fingers start to move, mm-hmm. I can, I can, the words come, the words and putting the words on paper is not a problem because I'm operating in something, like you said, mm-hmm. is who I am. Mm-hmm. The language, the way that I write, it's, it's just me. That's just, I have my own style. I have my own way of writing. I'm not trying to be anyone else. I'm not trying to write like I am somebody else and force myself into a lane. I just write because that's, that's part of my gift. Then. The one that, where, was, where I, I can then draw a good example of when you, you get your gift twisted, mm-hmm. music. So music production, I've always, I'd like something and I'd be like, oh, I want to make something like that. And then I'll spend ages trying to make something that sounds like something. And then it just, and it never sounds right. Mm-hmm. When I was getting ready to create the trailer for Imperfectly Human and mm-hmm. the um, intro music for Imperfectly Human, I just decided that I was going to, I was going to trust my own creativity and let me come out and spill out onto the keys. So whatever I played, what, whatever I did was me reflected creatively. It was my own creativity. It wasn't me trying to sound like anybody else. It was just, hey, this is me. This is my sound, and this is the sound that's going to spill out. And what came out is something that I love. So when, when we just allow our creativity to be what it is, we don't try and force it to be something else, try and force it to sound like something else, 
the gift takes over mm-hmm. and and then you will see some results that just you can't explain because you're like oh did I really make that oh did I really design that oh did I really write that mm-hmm. because when I was so I was doing um I did the the final um review of the blog before I posted it today and I had to change a few words, change a few sentences, tidy up some some of the grammar. But I read it back and I was like, yo, did I really write this? Because this 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 stuff I'm reading now is it's saying some stuff to me. And and that, again, and that wasn't even like me trying to be in my feelings. It was a genuine feeling of, man, this is the sort of thing that I would like to read because it encourages me. And when you, so when you were just saying, you know, you, you, you do that, you, you're creative because you create because you are creative. Mm-hmm. It made so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it and it it blessed me because <laughs> it, it helped me. So a lot of the things that I'm sharing now, they hit me first, and then I get a reaction from it like, oh man. So I'm now learning to see myself differently, and then what I do differently because, and and like I said, I know you relate to it too. A lot of times we condition ourselves to perform for people and perform for the appreciation and the accolades and adoration of other people. So we always base what we do on the reaction we get from other people and not from what it does for us when we create it. So we'll bypass enjoying the, the process of creating because we are pushing it faster to then get it to somebody for approval. And when you can have a, a sense of like, man, that just feel right to me, then what you get from other people, that's fine. It might give you a different viewpoint or perspective, but that's not where you created it from. You created it because it was something that you had a thought or an idea, you put it down and you like, I just want to put it out there and see if it connects to people. And and that's something because Kendrick did that, I think, like last Friday. Cause I used to post back back then, back in the day with Facebook, we used to just be able to post notes and you could just do notes and you just uh share with people on Facebook. I used to do a lot of my poetry. So I used to post a lot of my poetry on there. And so I guess in the, I guess like the um, not the review, what it is, what is it on Facebook, where it shows you like old posts that were posted on that day and you can like repost it. So it was something yeah, I know like what you're talking about. And I think he had commented on it or something like that. And I looked at it, I'm like, man, I forgot all about this. It was a it was a poem I wrote. It was called Arm Robbery. And and so it started out like like robbers were trying to, you know you know, do the the whole stick up thing and all that kind of stuff. But I started to transition it of how as a society we try and rob people of the um the ability to gain knowledge. And 
so that's the armed robbery. People trying to keep books away and knowledge away from people so they won't be informed and better themselves. And so that's the whole, that's the whole, you know, stick up uh, is, is kind of gatekeepers to the information that try and keep it away from you. Uh, and I was like, man, I had forgot, all, hey, I forgot all about that. You know, I have forgot I had wrote it. And, uh, and that's when I used to get a lot of feedback. Not, and I didn't do it just for feedback. I just wanted to see the reactions of people to what I wrote and how I resonated with them. And a lot of people were just like, man, you know, that made me think about this or that or whatever. And so I know for me, that's what I want to get back to. But I kind of got in the habit of doing things to then release and not doing it for me first and then going forward to put it out there for people to enjoy it but not like all hard deadline and that's because it i mean and you'll understand it too as a creative deadlines can kind of be the death of us <laughs> because it, no for real yeah it, it it throws everything off because it kills the creative process yeah because then you're produce it's almost like an assembly line thing yeah and you just get to a point it's like I don't even like this. I'm just gonna put some down and just go ahead and put it up. I don't care nothing about it. Because we put it's not just what we do, it's it like you said before, it comes from us. It comes from within us out. And I think that's why a lot of creatives um have uh, difficult lives because I think it influences the art that they create because they're able to tap into stuff and emotions and convey it in different ways. So I know for me, that's, that's what I do best is kind of translating emotions in a uh, written way. So people could feel what I write better than they can feel what I say. Yeah. Now I've got better communicating verbally kind of what I feel, but give me, some paper and a pen. Oh, I can make you feel what I feel. I, I can do I, that. I can make you feel. I feel you. I feel you. I think so. The um the blog post this week was actually therapy for me. Mm-hmm. I wrote that post. I sat down and I just needed to get stuff off my chest. Mm-hmm. But. All my blog posts generally focus on me just getting something off my chest. And that's why I can't turn blogging into a, as you say, an assembly line of I'm going to post something every, every day or what, because then it feels forced mm-hmm. because the emotion isn't there in me to, to truly give you something honest and something mm-hmm. that is, part of me mm-hmm. so the whole thing about deadlines I, I completely relate to it because I think deadlines are a killer and that's why hey if I blog I blog if I don't I don't I've, I'm becoming comfortable with that loose narrative of how I post my blogs get it while it's hot 
because when I do post it, it's good. But hey, you might not get something for a, a little while after that because it's not in me to post. That, that's just what it is. Um, but what I wanted to say was, just in case people have kind of lost track of, of where we're going, we are still talking about against all odds here because for me, what, what we've been talking about is the, re, the realization, when you come to the realization of who you are, that who you are starts to surface. Once you let the genie out, the, out, out the, when you, once you rub the lamp and the genie comes out, you can't put the genie back in. And that's, and that's what I mean by against all odds, that no matter how much you try and suppress something, when you lock into your, when you realize your purpose and you lock into it and you decide, because you, that's, I mean, that's the important thing. You have to firstly decide that you are going to accept your purpose. Then you have to accept that you are willing to do whatever it takes to fulfill your purpose. That means um, being willing to go through something uncomfortable, being willing to let go of your comforts, being willing to let go of everything that you know, being willing to let go of people, there are so many things that you have to be willing to let go of in order to fulfill your purpose. So there will be, it's that constant thing that I said of that constant friction, purpose versus comfort. But against all odds and, and your comfort is the odd. Your, your comforts create the odds. But against all of that, if you truly lock into who you're supposed to be in your purpose, your purpose will win through. And once you, once you get past or once you embrace that decision, you're ready to kind of take on whatever comes with it. You're ready to, you're like, eh, I had a house. I can have a house again. Um, I'm never, I'm, it's not like I'm going to be destitute. And even if I was destitute, he will provide because he has a purpose for me. Or, you know, if something happens, then I have to accept that it was meant to happen because it need, I need that to be stripped away from me so that I can get to where I'm going. I need to be light. I need to let go of the weight. The, the weight is what is holding me down and, and, and it's stop, stopping me from getting to where I need to. But against all odds, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strip this and get to where I need to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I got this and then I know we're probably almost close. To oh, time. we had time, but you, yeah, you, yeah, you say this. <laughs> say what you got to say. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be, I'm going to land the plane with this one. So, just like what you were saying. So, for me, uh, to come back up here um, to Gallatin after the Thanksgiving holiday. So from Jackson to Memphis is one highway. Uh, and, it's, and it's one that people use a lot in Mississippi is uh, I-55. 
So I-55 and most of Mississippi in general is flat. So you don't have a lot of elevation changes. So I get on 55, it's a straight shot, and I just go. So I'm not thinking about nothing. Once I get to Memphis, I start having to go like northeast. And that's kind of how you go to go toward like Nashville and like Gallatin. But once you get to around, the elevation starts to change. But when you get through Jackson, Tennessee, then it really starts to change. So then I go from a point where I was comfortable. I'm just going, and I'm 80, 85, like I ain't nothing. I'm just rolling. Just with music, I'm just rolling. When I get around there, <laughs> because, because it then goes from flat to everything is hilly and it curves. So this is all you doing for about three and a half hours, going up and down and hills and turns and all this kind of stuff. And people flying, they going 85, 90, just flying and going down here. And I'm like, I'm 60, 65, I'm like, Lord, please, Lord, just let me, just let me get to that. Lord, just let me get to and so, And so when I was coming back up, and not only did I have the elevation changes and stuff, it was raining. So it was raining most of the time until I got to Memphis. It cleared up. And then when I got close, about two hours away, it started back raining. Then because of the time change, it was dark. So now I'm going up and down hills at night with cars passing me. And then, you know, you can only see so much and the visibility is different. And so I still have not gotten comfortable with the ride into Nashville. Now, what I was used to, I'm comfortable with. But I had to endure the uncomfortable elevation change. To get to my destination now. And so that's what we have to decide into where God has for us because we're so used to the flat road. And a lot of us are scared to be higher than what we used to. And we let our low-level mindsets, our low-level relationships keep us stagnant. But in order to get to the higher elevation and go up and down and go through the curves, then we got to adjust. So we can't be laid back. We got to be on alert. <laughs> we got to be looking and trying to see what's going on because we got to focus now because we in a place that we haven't been before and it 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 requires our full attention and so just because you're afraid or scared of the journey doesn't mean that you're going the wrong place it just means that the place you're going you have to adjust what you're used to I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that, that it's like, ladies and gentlemen, you just send me an email. I'm going to find out. I'm going to get you that cash app. You can, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we pass that around. That's, the, you know, that's, that's Dr. Johnson's offering plate. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just, just sow a seed, you know, sowing in the good ground. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, man, no, seriously. This, um, <laughs> This this conversation 
Uh-huh. And I had a whole different, before we came on, I told you, and I was like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about it. I had a whole different angle. Mm-hmm. But then once we got to talking, mm-hmm. I knew where we had to go. Yeah. I knew yeah. what I knew what had to be said. And the thing is, so for next week Monday, mm-hmm. like I said, we're talking about be careful what you ask for. Pray for. Oh, sorry, before be careful what you pray for. Because yeah. let me tell you something. This is a follow-on to against all odds. It it wasn't it wasn't intended to be. Uh-huh. It's a follow-up because sometimes when we, when you realize what your purpose is and then you start praying about it and you start praying that you want certain things to happen, mm-hmm. when they start to happen, let me just say, you, you're going to be like, oh, man, why did I pray for this? Mm-hmm. You're not going to happen how you pray for it. That's what. See, I don't want. I don't want to go too much into it, but I know. I know, it, I know. It, it never happens how you pray for it. But we mm-hmm. we next week we're gonna talk about that. I'm telling you, it's gonna be good. It's gonna bless your life now. It's yeah, gonna bless your life. You want to be in the yeah. normal. That's all yeah. I got to say. Yeah, cause, yeah. Because how me and David go, and then we got Jeffrey and Kendrick on too. I'm just telling you now. We gonna we going somewhere next week. Now I just you just need to just come and just. Just, just have a seat and be blessed. That's all I, that's all I can tell you now. That's we're it. Gonna our, we're going to be on an hour and a half, too, so it's not going to be 60 minutes like we usually do uh, with our regular progress. So I'm telling you now. You just, just be, be ye ready. That's all I can tell you. That's oh, for, for real. For real, for real. Yeah. Oh, man. Terrence. Terrence, <laughs> This um yeah no this was this was real this was a real blessing this was um yeah every week is a good conversation mm-hmm. but there was a different kind of feeling about this one yeah this yeah, this yeah. one this one hit home and I guess this one allows another a, a, well I'm always going to be transparent with you but. This one really, really took some real transparency. And yeah, the experiences that you have will shape who you become. Mm -hmm. And they can shape you in a way that pushes you towards your purpose. Yeah. Or they can, or you can do the the Jonah thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And run away from your purpose and get swallowed up by a big fish, mm-hmm. and still end up where you're supposed to be anyway. Exactly. So, yeah, this was this this was a this was a real one. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give them the 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 socials. So um, you can catch me at dy daily on Twitter at dy daily on Instagram. Uh, Daily Perspective Net at Daily Perspective Network on Facebook. Um, you can catch me or catch us. Just go to YouTube, search for Day, uh, Daily Perspective Network, or even if you type in Imperfectly Human Podcast, you should find us. Um, you can catch me every Thursday at nine a.m. on uh, the Daily Perspective Podcast. 
Uh, obviously, you catch this show every Friday. Like we said, you're gonna have, we're going to have the special live episode next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and check out the new blog on dailyperspective.co.uk. So that, that's – oh, and you can email me at david at dailyperspective.co.uk. So that's me for the socials. All right. So you can email me at info at iprogresscc.com, um, Instagram and Facebook at, at iprogresscc. Um, like I said, next Monday, definitely tune in for that. Uh, it's been great. We have been kind of switching up our formats and platforms. So we've been doing a more rotating kind of setup now. Um, like I said, I had a one-on-one kind of live a couple weeks ago. Uh, we had a discussion with some of our mentors, I mean, tees yesterday. Um, and then we're doing a crossover episode next week. So we got a lot of ideas. Uh, even today, I got an idea of something else that me and Dave will probably do together. Uh, so it just really confirmed that. For me, uh, what we're going to do, but it, it'll be involved with what we're doing with our progress. So uh, look for that soon. Uh, we, we said me and David still been working on some other stuff that'll be in collaboration between yeah. both, uh, the Daily uh, Spectrum Network and our progress. So uh, look for that soon. We will be starting our Life Labs January of 2021. Um I'm just telling you, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Uh, we really putting a lot of time and effort into them and we are bringing more people onto our platform to help them get their voice heard. And so it won't just be us, but it'll be us sometimes in collaboration with other people or might be other people just using our platform to get their voice out there. Mm. So uh, we're really looking forward to that. And um, let me see what else did I have. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, oh, so yeah, going into the new year, this month I will be doing a lot of editing with my writing and stuff. So look at the beginning of next year for my medium articles. Uh, some some ideas and stuff I kind of talked to David about so he knows about two or three of them I've been working on um, but I will start releasing those things as well as maybe some old stuff I've done but I haven't put out I got a, <laughs> I got a, I got a whole whole lot of stuff that I haven't really released yet so uh, you'll start to see a lot of that in different places so definitely look forward to that, and, um, and yeah, and it's just yeah, it was it was a great conversation. So like I said all I had was that one verse, but I it, it literally I just put that on the board about you. You didn't. Got I'm, I would say you didn't need anything else because <laughs> once once you put that one out there and you and you kind you kind of teed it up, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I know where we go with this one. I know exactly where we're going right now. Mm. I was like, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah, so I, I kinda did what David used to do with me. So I yeah, I, I was I was I was kind of going with it today, but you know, he'll 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 turn up and preach a little bit. So, <laughs> oh man, I'm, I see I can't wait to listen back to this. Yeah. Because 
I'm telling you, I, I was fixing to walk out this room. <laughs> I was, uh, I was already out the door. I was like, ah, oh, no, no, Terrence talking too good today. Um, um, I'm out. <laughs> I gotta listen back to myself. I was, I was feeling good while I was talking. Yeah, yeah, okay. you, hey. Hey, when you was breaking down that scripture, I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, like, just as long as it blessed, it blessed, you know, it was a blessing to you and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully it's a blessing to folks. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was, no, that was real. That was real. So we're going to wrap this up the way we always do and we're going to remind you that christianity is a personal walk and relationship between you and god you are not will not and never will be perfect but that's okay god loves you and wants you to come just as you are his grace covers all live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself be renewed by the grace of god through christ jesus and become who you were created to be and with that said, I am Mr. Daly signing off. I'm Dr. Johnson. And we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.